Nine minutes it is before 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. We uh, first take a look at the big stories coming out of the marketplace, and I'm joined to help us take a look at these by Snesipo Maninjwa, uh, who's a CA uh, independent market commentator and analyst. Snesipo, good evening to you and welcome. Hi, Aya. How are you? I'm well, thanks. I'm well, thanks. Can't complain. And I guess, uh, yeah, other people who can't complain are some of those who are placing their bets and hedging on uh, some rises in the price of Brent crude oil now. Uh, a lot of people, I guess, speaking about uh, the Brent crude oil price breaking that psychological barrier of $60 a barrel. What do you make of this? And uh, do you think, I guess, um, there's a lot really being put on the stimulus here? Maybe, as some people have suggested, more than we should. Um, so it's it, 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 it literally a two-prong. The U.S. stimulus which passed the U.S. Senate, that it just requires a presidential ratification uh, number one. Number two, it's the possibility, it's sediment driven primarily, primarily, besides the stimulus, it's driven primarily by the fact that we have a vaccine rollout and economic activity is anticipated to recover, to actually start recovering. I think a lot of, I think a lot of people sort of, yeah, have this belief that we're literally going to, our, our data showing that when upbeat mood and you know what it's yeah they they literally yeah so and also the, also besides the fact that when in upbeat mood we've got vaccinations um where new infection rates are the lowest they've been since last year october mainly because of two things number one our second wave has is coming down and the northern hemisphere's third wave is also uh coming down the Northern Hemisphere's third wave is also coming down and you've got your vaccine rollout, like I said. But uh, it's, for me, it's sentiment more than anything else, not as a, not actually driven by actual mm. hard data. And because we, we all can see that from an activity perspective, um, activity perspective, we, I don't see us going back to the recovery just as yet. But, you know, uh, sentiment is what drives a lot of these things. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I guess, you know, last week we, we took a look uh, in the same slot um, at, you know, some of the actions of the big oil producers. Now, uh, it seems Saudi Arabia, I guess, wasn't towing the OPEC line and uh, uh, wasn't really clear about what the agreement was, whether or not we're in a phase of production cuts or we're in a phase now where sort of production might increase again. Uh, how does this respond, if at all, to, to, to those supply conditions? Uh, first of all, Think about it. When you're making analysis of OPEC and cutting production, Saudi Arabia, you must always exclude them because they produce at less than nothing. The, the costs of production are just that low. and are that low, but they're always trying to maximize profits. So for me, remember there was a production cut. There were two production cuts last year, remember? There were mm. two production cuts last year. And... Um, Saudi Arabia, of course, didn't behave. And then you had a bit of the tension between the Saudis as well as the Russians. But I think everyone's just come back on board as well, has sort of come back on board in terms of where um, they're looking towards. But again, when I think about the 60 US dollar uh, Brent crude oil price, um, it's roughly trading at the same level as it was um this time last year, circa this time last year. And that was before we got hit by the full pandemic. And 
for mm. me, um, and, I, and, I, and I've said this before, um, this market is a, just a very big time of, it's just such a big time of uncertainty. Uncertainty. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm not, because if you compare activity between this year and last year, we're literally miles apart. So for me, mm. that's why I say a lot of the, the price is being driven primarily by sentiment because if you just do a, an apple-for-apple apple comparison between sure. 2020 uh, February versus 2021 uh, February, you've got higher unemployment, you've got, enough, you've got the second stimulus, you've got uh, economies, global economies are contracting. I'll see China from the analysis because they're just doing their own thing. <laughs> they, just really, they literally seem to be immune to the contraction concept, and you look at your and you look at the fact that there has been some cut in supply. Uh, the truth be told is that we don't know when we'll be out of this pandemic. <laughs> we don't. Know. We honestly don't know. I think we all want to go back, but like I said, a lot of it is driven by sentiment, a uh, sentiment and. You know, it's always, you know, the, the stimulus checks. Stimulus checks drive up. Um, they're a nice GDP kicker. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. They're a nice GDP kicker. So I think they're also looking at that as they But fundamentally, if you ask yourself, will people be still be traveling? Um, will still, people are roughly majority of the world's professional workforce is still predominantly working from home. Um, mm. Air travel is two-thirds down hotels are we that's why i was like if you do an apple for apple comparison i just don't get the price movement sure sure okay Let, let's shift our attention i guess to to, to a sector here snesipo that has certainly benefited and uh, sort of gotten a boon from people working from home that's the telecom sector now uh, telecom uh, seemingly their mobile business i guess carrying much of their business so this after a massive decline in uh, their year-to-date uh, voice and interconnection uh, 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 revenue and uh, this coming out of um, a financial update for the nine months to the end of December 2020. What do you make of these numbers and uh, I guess also some of the capital expenditure on their mobile business, which it seems might be the goose that's going to lay all the eggs? Um, um, but, but fundamentally, I think we all understand we're working from home, so data consumption has, it has, I, I can't even just say it has, each and every single mobile network operator has reported 30, Telcom is 40%, almost every single mobile network operator has has had double-digit growth for each of the quarter's year-to-date numbers. So, and from a capital expenditure, if, remember, what drives data, what drives data is your consumption as well as your availability in your network. And a big thing is that uh, for customers specifically, availability of network is of utmost importance because we have very few mobile players. So the only thing we really, really, really care about is availability of network, which is driving their capital expenditure upwards. And then we still have that issue of ICASA going on and the fact that everyone's litigating. Everyone's litigating because everyone wants uh, more spectrum allowance because I think if you just look at where the data consumption is, specifically if you just look at if you look at each of the mobile networks, you can you, you can sort of see that they're hitting their peaks a lot quicker than they thought they have, simply because we're all working from home. But if you look at uh, Telcom's other businesses, um, the wholesale business, uh, business connection, 
um, the the fixed uh, the fixed uh, the fixed line business, all of them have been in decline. It's just mobile, and that's just the story of growth for every um, for every other network player. It's literally the story of growth is mobile because we are the consumption of data. I think it's 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 in levels that they that they would have expected to see two to three years from now if we did, if we weren't sure, in a pandemic. Sure if we weren't in a pandemic. So what I mean is that before the pandemic, I could live with uh, 20 gigs at home. Uh, because I work from home full-time, I've had to uncap everything. It just does not work. The, the consumption of data, it, it, it just... It's, and when I think about it, in my, if, I, if I use myself as a case study, it would have taken a while before I've hit that limit. So remember, you, you, back in the day, one gig used to last you one month. Then it lasted you a week. Now it lasts you a day. So mm, I think that's mm. where the, the, the business model is going. But what I'm interested in seeing, and I think we've discussed this before, is that for me, the fact that all the, 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 um, the mobile networks are profiting at so high prices when we are all working from home, it's, it's for me, it's, yeah, they're benefiting in a pandemic. And there has to be thoughts about the ethics of all of this. Yeah. And hey, but capitalism is, yeah. No, but yeah. no, no, but like, no, capitalism. Yes, yeah, mm. so we always, just, we, we, I always like to think, like, I, I always like to think, let's think about the ethics of this discussion and where we would like to be equal. So I'm not disagreeing with But their capitalists right don't, don't want ethics. You see, that that's the thing, yeah, Masipo, that, you know, the moment. All of them, let, listen, let me explain what I mean. Let me explain what I mean. The moment you bring any form of moral consideration to what they feel would be a perfectly rational market decision, which is, you know, when you see demand is, is high, um, increasingly, if you want to maximize your profit, go ahead and do so. The moment you introduce ethics into like the decision-making matrix, you know, people are already up in arms when effectively that's what we should be doing. Mm. Yeah, like I said, that's, uh, for me, it, it always boils down to the, the ethics consideration and the litigation. For me, I've always said, the next broadband spectrum auction cannot go to the highest bidder. We need equitable mm. access because sure, it, sure. we need equitable access. And I say this because I fundamentally believe that what I'm paying for, I have colleagues who are working overseas, what we're paying for to hear how much they're spending versus I mean. at faster speeds. This is what also blows my mind. At faster speeds, mm. they're playing a third of what I'm paying. You know, someone told me in India they were paying seven rand for a gig. Yeah, at a I was in speed India. What I, you I, get I here. paid that. I paid that. And the, the seven rand I a gig. On yeah. The irony is that yeah. I did it on Vodafone when I was in India. Nah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just crazy. It's nice let, let's shift our attention, I guess, away from, from the telco sector and a very interesting set of numbers they're coming through from Telcom. Uh, but uh, it seems, I guess, um, you know, the, the silver lining or, th or things might be shining on the National Treasury and uh, this on the back of some of the tax collections and I guess uh, a lot of oversubscribed bond issuance. What's happening here and uh, do you see this, I guess, influencing the terms of many a, a political contest going forward, one of which is, of course, around public sector wages? It seems that... Um, from the suggestions that of uh, the numbers we saw in December and also, I guess, okay. some moments from the Treasury now, that there might be more money uh, that ca came in in tax revenue than what was expected. Um, yeah, quite simple. Uh, a commodity boom. 
Mm. Remember, mining is one of the most heavily taxed. I'm a royalty. Those royalty money, that royalty mm. money, <laughs> it came through. It came through quite. It came through quite lovely, and I think it offsetted some of the um, zero to no activity in the tourism and the alcohol industry. Because mining, if you if you think about um, the if you think about the mining, you had gold gold prices, palladium, all of them have gone quite quite have done quite well, and. You know, you've got the tax revenue, the tax money. You know, they pay it all the time. So it's the upswing. It literally is the upswing. And it's, it's without doing anything structurally different. For me, uh, it, it, for me, it's a nice, it's a nice, it's a nice thing. If you think about the fact that we are using construction from an income mm-hmm. perspective. But because the mining guys did so well, because I think we've, we even discussed them last the gold guys, everyone was, was smiling. Yeah, we, we got lucky. Um, in terms yeah, of- I mean, it's a, it, it sounds like a short-run thing, Snesipo, or, or something, I guess, subject to, to the vagaries of commodity prices, rather than something you, you factor in for long-term planning. So, so you don't plan for a three-year sort of uh, 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 public budgeting horizon. Um, with, you know, I guess, commodity prices in mind in the fashion that some people are suggesting. I mean, you know, it's a medium, a budget is always about the medium term rather than just maybe allocations for the next six months or, or for the next uh, a year or so. Uh, I think, first of all, the fact that the court tries to tell you that outlook in the short to medium term did not factor in a bumper commodity price. Mm. In fact, the mm. here was that uh, because the in contraction and some industries had shut down the uh, uh, the restraint the level three. Um, the idea was that any increases in mining revenue would be offset by the losses. It's just that the commodities did that well, unfortunately, that well. And but it, 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 you can't bank on it. One thing: commodity prices, commodity cycles. We are very likely to be on the right side of the commodity cycle. It came the when we leave it, it shows that we have a living God. <laughs> Unfortunately, it shows that it literally is. You can't, you can't bank on it. But it, it, it's nice when it comes in. So I'm of the view that it's nice that it comes in. It would have came in when we actually needed it. It would have been better if we weren't in a whole pandemic and the economy was not in contraction. I think. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, probably, we probably would have made much better use of it. Uh, I said. Yeah, I know. So it's, it's yeah. sort of filling a hole. That's the thing. It's not additional income. So the article mm. we were reading in Business um, Insider was like swimming in cash. I'm like, no, it's filling a hole left Mm-mm. behind by a contracting GDP. Our economy is in contraction. Yeah. And contraction in other tax types. I mean, yes. if you look at so sort of how what has happened on so some of the other tax types, it certainly it's doesn't make for good hole. reading. Yeah, it's filling a hole. It's not adding to a surplus. It's filling a hole. So that's mm. what it's actually mm. doing. Like I said, it came in quite sure. nicely. And I think with the oversubscribed funds, and I think that we were getting to that point, um, was that for me, every time I hear the word oversubscribed funds, it means that investors, specifically capital market investors, Chasing yields, uh, still rate South Africa quite highly, um, from just just from it's, it's always a good sign when you can still. You don't borrow. think they're chasing yields in an environment where you know where yields elsewhere are near zero? You don't uh, think it's that? But the thing is that remember, it's a risk reward. You're chasing yields on one side, but then the thing is that 
you're chasing yield on one side, but you're not chasing yield with not the prospect of getting your money back. Sure, for sure. So, for sure. so like, as much as most people like to say chase yields, so if, for example, remember Mozambique and the Zambian people didn't pay back the money? <laughs> you even made the same argument that they were chasing yields, but chasing yields means nothing if mm. you don't have a guarantee of return of capital. So they yeah, are chasing yeah. yields, but it also is a, more of a testament. It's not just yields. It's a testimony to the... Um, the I guess sentiment, way. yeah. As you said. It's, it's, mm. So you, you've got to look at it in that way because ultimately, if I have no money, but I'm offering to pay you 40% interest, there's no chance, there's a chance you might lose 100% of your capital. Mm. So sure, you always have sure. to look at it from that perspective in that. Okay. Snesipo, um, w- one last thing before we let you go. Um, what do you make of, uh, I guess, the appointment here? And uh, many people uh, already, I guess, expecting this. Uh, uh, probably not, I guess, uh, okay. probably not the kind of outcome Donald Trump wanted here. But uh, Ngozi Okonjo Iweyala, um, now the new... I guess, head of the World Trade Organization. What implications is this going to have at a time where the WTO, I guess, is going to be expected to not only just be part of the global economic recovery, but resolve some of the issues around licensing, patents, um, I guess, in the public healthcare and pharmacological response to this? Uh, I was like, people, don't hold your breath. So I did a bit of research on uh, the nominee. Uh, she is a neo-capitalist to the damn core. <laughs> For me, the WTO okay. <laughs> is the damn core. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, she's a yeah, she's uh, for me, you've got to understand, this was someone who used to sit in the upper echelons of government within Nigerian context and you look at the Nigerian financial market system, um, neo-capitalist to the core. For me, what is needed in the WTO, specifically with this pharmaceutical mm. uh, um, pharmaceutical, big pharma, and the vaccine. For me, again, as much as you say, you know, about the capitalism, there needs to be ethical consideration of the vaccine. When you look at, they need to be, those patents need to be broken. And you need the WTO to sort of act as a mediator against big pharma from exploiting the situation. We're not saying they mustn't make money, but the situation got put in. Don't don't price gouge. No, no, no. You've got to, you've got to come in. They, this is the, if, for me, this is where the WTO needs to show its strength. Mm, and that, mm. for me, is, because they really need to come to the party with this thing. It's, 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 sure, it's, sure. Because when you think about it this way, the fiasco, for Snesipo. example, the vaccine fiasco that we have here in South Africa. Mm. Yes. I don't even blame our government. This is a pharmaceutical. Okay. Tell yeah. you what, let's do this. Let's do this. Give us a thread online. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. Uh, but I think just on that last thought, give us a nice uh, thread there online and we'll certainly follow it and engage it. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. We're going to have to leave it here. As always, a pleasure, Snesipo. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you.